What's good, everybody? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. How are y'all doing today? Um, Hope everything is well on your end. Uh, Hope you're able to see the Lord's faithfulness and his love for you today, that it may be tangible, not just this distant reality. Um, We're doing well on our end. Uh, Everything is going great. This past Sunday, we actually got some snow. I actually woke up and looked out the window and saw that it was snowing. And I, I mean, honest to God, I really was frustrated for a second. Uh, I had to remind myself to be thankful that that was the day that the Lord had made and to rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, but uh, it didn't stick and it didn't last. And we're actually in the 60s right now today as we speak. And so, yeah, Minnesota is kind of like that. It's kind of bipolar with the weather. Uh, there's actually a saying in the Midwest, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes because it'll change in five minutes. It's very, you can literally get all four seasons in one day in Minnesota. So, um, but yeah, all is well here. Uh, I'm excited about today and the episode that we have for you guys. I got a, I got a friend on the show with us today. Um, but before we get into it, I just kind of want to talk about the topic. We're going to be talking about mental health a little bit um, today with our guest. Um, this is kind of like a, a taboo topic within our community, especially within our community, right? Uh, for those who don't know, within the Abisha community, um, everything is demonized. I mean, I say this all the time, but literally, no, everything, like, it's not a mental health issue, right? The, the first thing we'll say is, oh, that person is demon-possessed. And so uh, we got to really, like, step outside uh, of that way of thinking and just kind of think critically and uh, not to, you know, not to say that somebody can't be demon possessed or that that might not be the case, but a lot of the times that's not the issue. The issue is something else, right? And so I actually, um, for those that don't know, I majored in psychology with the emphasis in marriage and family counseling, and I got to study this a little bit. Actually, for my senior SEM class, uh, my senior paper was uh, talking about the difference between demon possession and mental illness. And that, that was fun uh, writing that and kind of doing my research on that. Um, and so this is, uh, this is something I'm familiar with. These are conversations I've had with professors and things of that nature. And so um, it's, it's a good one. I, I actually distinctly remember uh, my abnormal psychology class. And so um, we, we were watching this video. It was a case study of this little girl who would hear voices in her head and it would tell her to do things. And if she didn't do those things, she would feel this, um, she would feel this pain in her body. And so, but the, the thing is she didn't want to do what the voice was telling her to do um, because they were evil things, right? She, the, the voice would tell her to hurt her mom or to hurt her brother or things of that nature. And so uh, I just remembered like distinctly, like in, in being in that class, and I mean, I had the unique privilege of studying psychology at a Christian university, um, and we just went back and forth on talking about, okay, is this a form of mental illness, right? Uh, or is this a demon-possessed girl, right? And going back and forth on that. And uh, I mean, I- I'll tell you this, like at the end of the class, even our professor didn't really know how to answer that. And so it- it's not a black and white issue as well. Um, but with that being said, we also do not want to discredit the reality of mental illness. And for those who don't know, I mean, most people know, I mean, if you're on social media, I mean, if you're in public schools, uh, this is a huge topic right now. I mean, um, mental illness is something that 
is coming to the forefront, praise God, and people are um, being vocal about uh, you know anxiety and depression and things of that nature and um, the the weight of that, the reality of that. And I think as believers, we have to engage in this conversation and we have to think through this in a way that's um, you know honoring to God, of course, but in a way that's also logical, right? In a way that's uh, helpful, right? Not everything. Um, has to do with an evil spirit, right? And so um, I think it was C.S. Lewis. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was C.S. Lewis, Lewis or Spurgeon. One of the two um, had said, you know, it would be foolish to make everything a demon conversation and it would be foolish to rule out a demon in a situation, right? Um, I know I, I know. Um, I was the kind of, you know, I, I, was, I grew up in a culture where, you know, if you're tire goes flat or it pops on the highway right and you got to pull over that that was the that was the devil and i'm just like mm, i don't know if that was the devil right so uh, let's not give too much credit to the devil but at the same time let's be wise and discerning in ways in which he can come and you know make our life uh miserable in in a way right and so but i'm excited about today because who we have for you guys is actually putting out a film uh, that deals with mental illness. And uh, I'm going to ask him some questions. Some of you guys may know him. Some of you guys may not. Uh, he is Ethiopian. He is within the community. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. This, this brother I've been following for some time now, uh, this guy um, has inspired me in so many ways. This is just a man that's uh, you know, who loves God and at the same time is making a dent in culture and really um, contributing to culture in a lot of ways. And so um, he's put out two films, two documentaries uh, prior to the one he's putting out right now. Um, the, I think the, the first one was Sincerely Ethiopia was the one he put out and the second one was the Diaspora Journal. And I've been privileged to see both of those and it was just phenomenal. It was amazing. And I'm just excited that this man is telling our story and he's telling it well. And uh, I love that he's tackling this issue, this issue of mental illness, because this is something that is not talked about within our community. And so I would just love to hear from him. Um, he goes by the name of Nate Araya. So we got Nate with us here today. What's up, Nate? How you doing? I'm good, fam. Doing well, my brother. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, I just wanted to say, I know I said this to you over the phone, but again, thank you so much for being willing to um, get on here with us on Shaping the Culture and just kind of sharing your story with us. It's a privilege for us. Man, uh, privilege is all mine, sir. I appreciate what you guys are doing, man. Every platform counts. Um, mm. So I appreciate the work that you're putting into uh, things like this because it's definitely important. So uh, kudos on the work, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, let, let's just get started. I, I got a question for you. Um, so you've put out two films, two documentaries, and you're about to release a third one. And so my my question to you is what inspired you to get into film? Um, I think uh, for me, uh, growing up, I was always um, fascinated with stories on TV, um, in the mm. theaters, and um, I just loved good stories. Uh, it taught me so much and impacted me on so many levels, uh, you know, from 
you know, I mean, just uh, some of the biggest movies or shows. I remember watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air yeah. and watching, you know, just good stories that allowed you to um, just see new perspectives and and learn, you know, about things that you're just not accustomed to within your own um, sphere of influence or uh, mm-hmm. in society. So it was, um, I had a lot of energy and I started making YouTube videos uh, when I was younger, um, back in maybe, I don't know what years it was, maybe 06, 05 or something. Yeah, I remember that and, little uh, Nate, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's funny, man. Like, I tell people this all the time. Like, a lot of those YouTube videos that I put out uh, were just an expression, you know, of who I am and mm. the idea of seeking identity and culture. Mm. And um, growing up, I never felt, I always tell people this, um, and but I never felt Ethiopian enough or American enough. Yeah. And uh, so uh, YouTube was a way that I could uh, best express, um, you know, a little bit of who I am, yeah. uh, whether it was a little bit of in English, a little bit of heart. And through that process, I began to understand that uh, there were people that were interested in what I had to say. Mm. And I never really thought that growing up, uh, I never thought that I was significant or valuable. I always mm. felt like I had to perform in order to get accepted. Wow. I always had to put my best foot forward in order to feel valued. Yeah. So when I felt that people were interested in what I actually had to say, it just pushed me in a new direction to be able to think about what more can I say if I was saying something with substance. Mm. So a lot of those funny YouTube videos that I put out were actually a uh, formation of who I am today and, you know, and forming my character and my perspective and my voice. Yeah. So um, I appreciate those moments and what it did with people around the world because it allowed me to be able to see value within myself and uh, in in my society and culture as a whole. Yeah, that's good, man. That's really good. I mean, like, you know, you, you talked about, you just said how, um, kind of like your heart now is to produce substance in, you know, the things that you were creating because you've realized that there is a community out there that can resonate and respects and even wants to hear from you. Um, what What's kind of like your overall goal in producing some of the content you put out? Like how intentional are you with what you do? Man, I'm very intentional with what I produce and, and what I share. I remember a C.S. Lewis quote that really changed my my, uh, my life. And uh, it, it says, um, I'm, and everything, first of all, just to preface, everything I do is an extension of my faith. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and one thing, and I grew up in the church, and I was deeply impacted by the life of Christ, and, mm. and still am every single day, and that's like the focus of everything that I do, yeah. um, how, you know, I'm always challenged with ways to love, to serve, to show hope, to be a guiding light yeah. for those that are around me. Yeah. And one quote that I remember that impacted me deeply was um, a quote by C.S. Lewis, and he said, uh, I believe in uh, God or I believe in Christianity like I believe in the sun, not because I see it, but because by it, I see everything. Yeah, come on, and, man. And that's, ex- and that's exactly how I see who I am as an individual. Um, there's so many perspectives that I have on life and even being a person of faith and growing up in the church, I think sometimes we're so tied down to sanctification and salvation mm-hmm. that we omit 
um, the, the, the the everyday happenings of life and yeah. how to navigate yeah. as an individual, as a human being. Because I feel like sometimes we're just like so spiritually, you know, high that mm-hmm. we're not naturally no good. Yeah, you that's know? so like, good, man. You know, we, we live up there and we forget how to be relatable within the culture and navigate within the culture. We have these holy huddles, you know, for Bible studies or Sunday morning services, but then you've got a whole... Monday through Saturday of life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the question is, you know, how are you navigating that? You know, yeah. how are you? How do you see relationships? How do you see career? How do you see education? Yeah. How do you see uh, prison reform? How do you see politics? How do you mm. see socioeconomic environments and where you're living? And I think, you know, if we're not entering our voices into those conversations, then we're leaving it as an open battlefield for mm. any de- demonic forces or enemies or people that, are you know can, that are sharing things that may be full of hurt and disaster and you know so for me is I never want to look out the window and complain about what I see. I always want yeah. to be able to step out the door and be able to contribute an uh, an additional voice to existing conversations that are taking place. That's so good. That's so good. That actually reminds me of a story in the Bible where. Um, Jesus kind of takes uh, three disciples up to a mountaintop. It's, it's called Mount Transfiguration, where they see Elijah and Moses. And uh, Peter was so in love with that moment in that like situation where he's like, Jesus, can we just stay up here? Can we build a tent for you guys? And Jesus' response was like, no, we got to go back down, you know? And um, I love that because that kind of alludes to what you were talking about. We love to kind of just stay on this mountaintop and stay where it's us and God and these spiritual experiences, and we forget to come down and live out what we've seen, you know? And so that's awesome, man. Yeah, man, that's so true. Great scripture, man. That's that's exactly what it is. It's not just about the mountaintop experiences, but it's... It's embracing the valleys just as much, um, you know, because those are important moments for your character, for your development, yeah. for direction. Um, you get refined in the valleys, you know. So um, how you handle those valley, uh, those valley experiences will determine, um, you know, you know the the mountaintop um, experiences that you have. Because you know, I I was talking to you actually. I think it was your brother in LA. Yeah. And you know, she was talking to me talk to me about the music business. And, you know, and, and I told him this, I said, Man, I keep grinding. The one thing I, I, I remember is, you know, uh, someone told me this, you know, if 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 God can give you everything you've ever wanted right now, mm-hmm. just, you know, a, a platform, this amount of money, whatever you're looking for, you know, a record deal, whatever you're looking for, if God gives you all of that right now, you know, would you be in a good place to sustain it all? Wow. Because all of those things, you know, uh, it only magnifies who you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't change. Like, yeah. those exist, like fame, money, and platforms, these don't really change who you are. They, it just magnifies what's already in yeah. you. So if you're not working on depth and who you are as an individual on the day-to-day life on, and man. embracing the valley, the valley moments, You'll never know how to live up to those mountaintop experiences. That's good, man. So I think that's so important, you know, as far as like navigating life. That's good. That's so good, man. That's some great wisdom. Um, I, you know, I really, uh, you know, admire your um, pursuit in whatever you feel God is leading you in. Um, I've, I've looked up to you in a way where you know you've always kind of pursued what's on your heart and you done it well you know and so i I guess my my 
yeah, my, my question would be to you, um, what would you tell somebody who wants to follow their dreams, but they're afraid to fail? Wow. Um, man, that's such a good question. Um, follow their dreams, but afraid to fail. Yeah. I think um, failure is a concept that is often mystified. Mm. Uh, the reason why I say that is because um, many people uh, feel like failure is the end of something, but for me, it's the beginning of come something. On, come on. Uh, I, I honestly wake up every day looking forward to fail. And many mm. people may think that's very crazy for me, for me to say that. I look forward to failing because I don't see failing as my identity. Failure is an event. It's not an identity. Mm, come and on. I think that's also a misconception. People associate failure with who they are. Yeah. When, not, you know, when you know a God that's a bigger than failure, he, he uses failure to direct and to develop you. Yeah. So it's almost impossible for anyone to fail in life, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And maybe I'm just super optimistic, uh, but I really do believe that. I feel that, um, you know, you should never let your successes go to your head and never let your failures go to your heart. It's you good. have to, you know, manage to understand to be obedient to the calling that God has placed in your heart and in your life, and then you trust God with the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. So me, I'm not, I'm not attached to an outcome. I'm not attached to wow. a being on the red carpet, winning an Oscar, um, having a film that wins all these. That's not my control. My control is how can they wake up today yeah. a better version of who he was than yesterday, and how can he serve the people around him mm. the best way that he can? How can he love his brother, his family? How can he uh, create the most impactful? A piece of you know the, the most impactful project that he can today, yeah. and then trust where it goes tomorrow. Yeah. So you know all these projects I'm creating, I create out of uh, the need that I see within my community and the problems that exist within my culture. Yeah. And uh, and I've, I've somehow simplified my life to do two things: one, meet a need, and two, solve a problem. Mm. Um, that, that, I feel like that's where God has me right, you know, throughout these seasons. It's identifying what is happening with my family right now, with people within my community in these conversations, and then how can I contribute a, a voice to these existing conversations to bring perspective, hope, and change. Yeah. And uh, that's why we created this new project, Growing Up in America. You know, it was based off of these conversations I'm having with people within the church and outside the church. Yeah. You know, with my family and people within the community. And I realized, well, no one is really uh, talking about, or it, it, they maybe are. Again, I just have never experienced any in-depth conversations on mental health yeah. and how to navigate these experiences that people are having. Because, you know, people are praying and still feeling discouraged. People are going mm. to therapy and still feeling discouraged. Yeah. People are taking medication and still feeling discouraged. Yeah. You know, but I think... You know, God works through all of these things. Yeah. You know, He works through prayer. He works through the church. He, he works through uh, medication. He works through therapy and counseling and researchers. So, you know, the idea is how can we bring all of these things together for people's lives so that they can be able to at least understand what's available and yeah. and be able to kind of pursue their calling, their life, and live life fully knowing who they were created to be. Yeah, yeah. 
Man, that's so good. That's so encouraging to hear that even your, you know, the the motivation behind some of the things that you do is not to gain a larger platform or to make money, but to meet a need, right? Um, I was actually watching, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but T.D. Jakes does a interview with Stephen Furtick and they were, they were actually talking about business and T.D. Jakes said something so profound. He was saying how, you know, it's those that go into it for the money that never succeed. It's those that try to meet a need that actually work out successful. And so. And I'm glad you watched that because that also impacted me and it got me to understand that I don't want to just build a business that is self-centered. Yeah. I want to build a business that's people-centered. Uh, so, like, um, also I encourage people, you know, that, you know, to build a business, if we're just talking about business, you know, it's important to not even build a business around your passion. Yeah. Because sometimes that can be self-centered. You can use your passion, you know, for a business, but a business should be centered around the needs and the problems of people that you are serving. Yeah, that's good. And you use your passion to meet those needs and problems. But, you know, just because you like, um, you know, making films doesn't necessarily mean that that needs to be a business for you. Yeah. That may be, you know, um, your passion. But, but again, like, it's, it's what type of stories are you wanting to tell? And do, do those stories meet the needs and the problems that you're seeing within society, whether it's comedy, entertainment, inspirational, romantic, you know, yeah. like you, you have to understand what you are servicing and who you are servicing to. Yeah. I think when you're people focused, I think you'll never uh, go a day without a job because you're all honestly always on, working man. to meet needs yeah. and problems and you'll always you know, be fulfilled because God uses people that are willing to, you know, serve others uh, with what he's given them. Yeah. So if he can trust you with what you've been, you know, what he's given you, then that's how I think constant flow goes. It's freely given, freely received, it should be freely given. That's so good, man. That's so good. I think that kind of ties into one of the questions I wanted to ask you, which, which is, what do you define success to be? Success is, um, for me, it's inner peace. Okay. It's being able to look myself in the mirror every morning and every night, knowing that I stay true to who God has created to be, uh, for me to be. Yeah. It's, uh, it's knowing that I am accomplishing what I was created to do and not in comparison of what others are doing. Right, right. So I never want to get lost in success because if you place your success on... You know, on things that are that are comparable, mm-hmm. then your your definition of success will fluctuate, yeah. and therefore you will lose your whole vision and your values and your whole identity. Yeah. So for me, I don't identify with, with those things or what's happening around me. I identify with who God has created me to be. Uh, what kind of problems is He seeing? Is He allowing me to see right now in life? What type of needs is He uh, allowing me to meet right now? Yeah. And how can make do the best that he can with a little life that he has uh, to, to meet those needs and solve those problems uh, through the grace of God. So for me, that's, um, that's, that's everything for me, man. It's, awesome. That's what I define as success. That's so good, man. That's so good. That's good. Um, I kind of I wanted to talk about the newest project that you're releasing, the newest film that you're putting out. 
Um, for those that don't know, what's the title and what led you to making uh, this this film? Yeah, um, so the title of my new project, it's a, um, it's a documentary, it's a travel documentary conversation series, uh, and, and that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. It's um, where we uh, focus on different cultures and conversations surrounding minority communities in America. Okay. So that includes first generation, um, immigrant communities, black communities, just greater minority communities. And I felt that I wanted to do a series. Um, that can tackle uh, different things existing and that within minority culture and, and conversations. Yeah. So this first episode that I shot with a team here in Austin is uh, called Mental Health as Well. Mm. And it's on the topic of mental health. Yeah. And uh, the way that this came about, I, you know, I was just thinking about a new project and I've kind of just been praying about it. And um, the idea of mental health just came to me I mean, I've dealt with borderline depression. I've dealt with stress and and yeah. and, and external pressures that have created internal conflict in my life. Yeah. So I've dealt with that on and on, on and off, you know, throughout my life. And, yeah. and lately, I've been experiencing a lot of conversations with friends, family, and people within the community that yeah. are dealing with, um, you know, the challenges of mental health and how to navigate. Yeah. So um, the realization just came to me, and I was just you know, thinking, I was like, you know what? You know, we really don't know how to approach yeah. our mental health because yeah. we're just not exposed to information or have access to resources yeah. or believe in the stigma that mm. that exists around mental health care. That, you know, and I think I, I had a, a person, an amazing friend of mine that was featured in my, in my new episode. Her name is Evelyn from the Internet. And uh, she broke it down like this on camera. She said, Growing up, you know, she was always told that, you know, if, you know, there was always a spectrum that we had on mental health care, yeah. on why you would need mental health care. So it was almost like if you had schizophrenia or if you were dealing with hearing voices, yeah. then you need to go get help. You need to definitely get that treated. But if you're dealing with depression or anxiety, yeah. you know, um, yeah, you're good. Just you know, think positive and you'll be okay. Or, yeah. you know what, just pray about it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm saying it's a great sensitivity, too, and even when I say pray about it, because I'm not minimizing prayer whatsoever. Prayer is a powerful tool yeah. that we have as people of faith. Yeah. What I am saying is we should not minimize the resources that are out there in the world yeah. for us to utilize for the betterment of our lives. Yeah, come on. You know? So when, when we limit prayer just to only communicating to God without, you know, seeking mm. and walking our faith out and looking at what God has placed around us with, you know, professional help and therapy and counseling and resources. And, you know, the, all of these contribute to you being, you know, better. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to really dive into these type of conversations within this first episode to, uh, one, you know, end the silence and our, our, um, our silent struggles yeah. and be a guiding light of hope for our generation. Yeah. So the, the, the idea of this episode is to do three things. One, uh, elevate the conversation of mental health. Yeah. Uh, two, um, alleviate the fear 
that exists around mental health care. Mm-hmm. And then three, I want to uh, service the community with resources uh, that are available wow. for, for help. That's good, man. And so with those three things in mind, I am going on a tour uh, across the, the, the nation. I'm yeah. speaking this in faith, you know, because not everything is figured out yet. Um, yeah. I, I literally work through things as I go. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, go- I'm going on tour. You're coming I'm to Minnesota, to- right? Hey, man, let's make it happen, bro. Let's, see, let's do it. See how, see how things work, these conversations? Yeah. How do you do it? Let's do um, it, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, man, I'm looking. Honestly, it's, it's a hustle. I'm looking for sponsorships. I'm looking for partners. For sure. And, hey, if you want to be an ambassador in Minnesota, we can make it happen. But uh, this, is the, I, this is the vision. The vision is to um, do a national film screening and community discussion tour on mental health. Yeah. where we uh, screen this film. It's a short depth documentary episode, about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And then we have a, a panel discussion of local researchers, therapists, counselors, and just experts wow. that can, um, can open up dialogue on uh, some of these uh, silent issues that we deal with. And then it leads into a, a town hall community discussion for people to open up as well. Yeah. Um, in addition to this, I want to offer resources for everyone that attends these events. So, for example, I just locked down our first um, event for this tour here in Austin, Texas. And uh, we're doing a film screening and discussion on mental health on November 8th. Now, um, I'm inviting, you know, local researchers, therapists, counselors uh, to be able to, you know, speak on a panel. And then I actually have... The mayor of Austin will be speaking at this event as well. Okay. Um, so it's a community uh, affair. It's a community event yeah. where we where we dive into some of these issues through storytelling, and then we provide a panel of experts to provide great um, uh, great uh, opportunities for discussion and have an, an open community dialogue, and then uh, we have resources. And one of the therapists. She's a therapist of color, amazing uh, mm. woman. She's offered to provide 30-minute free consultation wow. for anyone attending. Wow, that's amazing. You know, so, so, yeah, I mean, that's a blessing in itself because I don't know about you, but for me, growing up, there were so many barriers to better understand what counseling looks like. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so um, my goal is to be able to provide all of these resources, the you know uh, creative storytelling experts at your doorstep. Yeah. So that it makes it easier for you to be able to access you know what you feel would be beneficial for your life. Yeah. So it's again it's 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 these small incremental things that we can do as people that can alleviate some of the growing tension that is existing within our society and culture today. That's so good, bro. That's so encouraging to hear. I applaud you, man. Something definitely you, needed. Man. Yeah. Um, I, I had a, I mean, you said a lot of great things, but, you know, why is it that there is this stigma when it comes to like mental health, right? So even like with providing resources, right? If somebody has a headache, right? And we say, hey, take an Advil or a Tylenol, there, there's no, right. nobody's going to complain about that or nobody's going to say, hey, pray about it but why is it that when we do talk about anxiety or depression that we're discouraged from kind of you know going and exploring different resources that could help us yeah. and overcome like why is it that with this specific 
um, issue that we don't like counseling, that we don't like medication, that we don't like seeking help yeah. outside of prayer? I think I think it's a couple of things. One, um, one thing is we're, we fear what we're unfamiliar with. Mm. So, you know, if we're unfamiliar with, if, you know, we grew up in the church yeah. and we're constantly on Sunday mornings and then Friday night Bible studies and so forth, and we're used to the cycle of, you know, what church brings. You know, I think um, it's amazing. It You know, it changes your life. Christ does some amazing work in your life. Yeah. Now, there are things I feel like God uses as well outside of the four walls of a church that Come can on. be beneficial. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that, you know, within the church, from my experience, we haven't really tapped into resources outside of prayer or Bible studies or Sunday morning services yeah. that exist. Yeah. So it's almost like you fear what you're unfamiliar with. Yeah. And then uh, the second thing is um, the perception that exists within our community yeah. if you have a mental health issue. I yeah. think it's looked frowned, it's frowned upon. Yeah. Um, you know, we, 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 get, we get labeled you know, certain things, and we don't want to be an embarrassment to our family because right. our family, our family name is almost like everything, right? Yeah, and yeah. we represent our parents, and our parents are immigrant survivors and soldiers. They yeah. come here seeking education opportunity to provide the best life for their kids, and their kids are still mm. depressed. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and so it's it's almost like. You know, when you don't know how to articulate how you feel and you have all this external pressure that's been given to you, whether it's through family dynamics or school or career, it just grows a toll on you. And yeah. you don't know where to go. You don't know how to deal with it. You don't even know how to talk about it. Yeah. So yeah. what you do is you, you become a prisoner of these feelings that you have. Because, what's, man, this is crazy. What you thought, what, what you thought was purpose to protect you mm. has now become your imprisonment. Wow, wow. Because you, you, you try to protect yourself from the image of being labeled yeah. um, as, you know, as you know, something negative. Then you become imprisoned by that mm. because you're trying to protect people from coming in yeah. and understanding what you're dealing with. So I think there is a sensitivity uh, that exists around mental health care and services. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that we can do as people, especially within the house or within the church, yeah. is to one just talk about it yeah. uh, with people that you trust and that that trust you, and opening up and that's the beginning. That's not the end all be all, but that's the beginning. Yeah. Being able to articulate what you actually fear and understanding that it's okay to not be okay all the time. Yeah. It's okay to uh, deal with doubt fear, hurt, trauma, yeah. uh, and and one thing I was telling somebody a couple of weeks ago when they were doing an interview with me was, uh, you may not be able to fix every single problem, but you for sure can face it. Yeah, that's good. And um, so the goal is not to be to have all of these things fixed overnight, mm -hmm. but the one thing that you can do overnight is face it. Yeah. So our goal should be just to say, hey, um, let's walk alongside each other within our hurts, within our trauma, within our mental health concerns. Let's not just be focused on fixing an issue because yeah. we're not we're not objects, we're people. Yeah. And yeah. and and as people, especially within ministry and just in life in general, 
there's so many layers that make you who you are as an individual. Yeah. So for us to be able to look at one layer and be able to say, this is how you fix it, you should be good, take two of these and call me in the morning, yeah. I think that's a reductionist approach mm. to, uh, you know, full, um, full healing. Yeah. I think um, healing exists with not just with prayer, but with walking alongside people in their everyday yeah. life and knowing that you're there for them, that you're seeking to understand, that you're offering them grace, and you're offering them love, you're offering them uh, support. Because, quite honestly, you know, being alive sometimes is just sitting with people in the dark. Yeah, that's so good, bro. That's good. That's a word right there. <laughs> that's a word. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's definitely a great reminder for me and the people I've had the opportunity to um, seek help from and also to help in the process as well. So, it's... It's a constant reminder, man, of of our role and responsibility in this world as believers, um, as human beings, as global citizens. Yeah. We have a responsibility, you know, and life is short. And, yeah. you know, the people around you that are smiling the most can be hurting yeah, the most so as well. So it's important that we're very intentional and aware of, you know, the people in our lives, our family members, our community members, and understanding that, hey, we're living for something bigger than ourselves. And, and, and God has us on this planet for a certain reason, for a certain time, and a certain purpose. And we should not hold back, um, you know, what we're receiving and what we're learning. We have to freely share. For sure. For sure. That's so good. Um, I just got a couple more questions for you, but um, I definitely want to know what kind of, you know, being, you know, a child of immigrant, you know, being Abisha, and then being Christian, right. you know, that's kind of like two what what gave you the boldness and what gave you kind of the resolve to talk about something like this and to kind of engage with this conversation? Um, I think over the past two films that I've made with Cecilia Ethiopia and the Diaspora Journal, I've become a little more um, comfortable with okay. receiving um, criticism, flaws, mm. flaw, you know, uh, you know, flaw uh, remarks. Um, you know, and, you know, it's not that I'm fearless in, in, in stepping out and doing something like this. I fear every single day. It's just I've learned to dance with fear and yeah. and to lean on God for the courage uh, to be able to step out and say, hey, this is something that's impacting and affecting many of us. Uh, what can we do about it? Yeah. And, uh, and, I don't, and I don't mean to come into this space as a savior or yeah. a not even as someone that can solve every single person's problem i just want to come into the space to illuminate what's already there and to be able to have everyone to engage in conversation and and healing through the process of whatever that looks like for them so i think vulnerability has been one of the greatest things i've I've gravitated towards as a abisha as a person of faith as a filmmaker as a creator as a storyteller um it's important that we that that we use vulnerability as a vehicle for conversation and change yeah so uh for me it's it's about that it's about um you know understanding that what i'm experiencing within my own community can be a global conversation and a global solution yeah so um it's not it's not a, a fearless thing that I'm doing it's yeah. I mean there's there's uncertainties and doubts every single step of the way like yeah. I just made this project you know and then um you know because I didn't feel like anybody 
wanted to make it or had the capacity to do it or resources. So mm-hmm. I just made it with a group of friends here in Austin and then edited it, packaged it together, and I've been calling nonstop and emailing people, whether it's media platforms, you know, just to kind of get them to see, hey, this is what's existing within our culture and our community. This yeah. is what we're doing about it. You know, I'm looking for partnerships. I'm looking for, you know, so it's an everyday struggle, man. It's not like I've figured it out or I'm coming into this space mm-hmm. having it all figured out. It's I'm literally learning every single day. Yeah. And it just started with, hey, what do I have in my hands? Come on. What can I do good, with what has been gifted towards me and the yeah. people around me? So then you just create out of that space, out of a, a space of authenticity and vulnerability. Yeah. And from there, you trust the outcome. So I don't know where this is going to lead. It's still early in this process. A few media outlets have picked it up, which I'm thankful wow. to God. But again, I don't know where this is going to lead, but my faith and success isn't in an Come outcome on. of someone seeing validation in it. Yeah. But yeah. I've already I've already succeeded in, in getting it out. Yeah. So it's it's almost, so that's how I really do see life and I urge a lot of young Abishai's creatives, um, you know, believers, people of faith within the church, outside of church, like, you know, to really understand um, you know, the blessing that you have in this life and that life is a gift and what you do with it is your gift back. Yeah. You know, so it's important that we understand that responsibility and um, and that we share the journey with others. Come on. Because I can't do this alone. That's so good, bro. That's good. Good stuff. Um, my, la- my last question is, what advice would you give to somebody that may be dealing with or struggling with mental health, right? Or maybe battling a mental right. illness or something like that. And that's within our community. And that's just afraid to kind of share it or afraid to expose it. What what would, what would you say to that individual? Um, one, uh, man, prayer is everything for me. I don't do anything outside of prayer. Yeah. So you want God to be able to, um, you want to bring everything to God and, 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 and deal with, um, confessing what you're dealing with and, and vocalizing and being vulnerable with yourself and honest with what has affected you. Yeah. Uh, don't ignore it. Yeah. Don't avoid it. Embrace it with God, knowing that He's with you in the journey. So I think prayer is everything. That's the first step. Um, second thing I would say is um, reach out to people that have gone through that same struggle as you. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I say this is because there's a uh, there's a researcher from Stanford University. His name is Albert Bandura, and he came up with this uh, theory called social cognitive theory. And what this means is, for example, if you had a fear of snakes, and then you went to go seek help uh, to get rid of this phobia from a from an individual that has three doctorate degrees, mm. professional expert, but they've never dealt with the phobia, but mm. they have all these degrees and experts expertise on this subject matter and they tell you all what you need to do in order to overcome this phobia that mm. still wouldn't be as effective as somebody that has actually gone through that same exact mm. experience but doesn't have the education yeah. and all those degrees yeah. you know and what's so powerful about the social cognitive theory is through observational learning you understand that you can really get rid of a lot of the phobias fears and wow. things that you're dealing with when you identify with somebody that's gone through that same experience. So that's the power of your story. That's the power of your experience. And you can take this on so many levels. You take it 
culturally, socially, uh, spiritually, like the power of your story yeah. goes beyond you. Yeah. So once you understand that you your scars that you have in your life can be a living testament for other people to know that healing is available, that is power in itself. Yeah. So don't be ashamed of your experiences, your story, or your scars because you know, they may, they, it has the power to give hope to many people. So, so uh, that's what I would say. You know, reach out to someone that has gone through that similar struggle that can give you some sort of sense of uh, perspective. Um, I would say, hey, you know, go go to therapy. Go, yeah. to, go to counseling. Yeah. You know, and, uh, just because you have one bad experience. Let's say someone went to therapy and had a bad experience. Now, uh, therapy is, you know, it's a service, and yeah. there's so many different types of services. Yeah. So, you know, going to therapy and having a bad experience shouldn't uh, completely derail you from going back and doing, uh, you know, seeking another individual. But, you know, understand how to, you know, seek for help and ask for help and, and walk through that experience with a professional. I think yeah. that is so important, and we need to normalize this. You know, That's like true. we, you know, we, there is, this stigma of reaching out for mental health care that exists. So it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to reach out for help. Yeah. It's okay. And you, and you can be fully functional and do some amazing things in this life yeah. with mental illness. Come on. Like yeah. with it. Like, you know, and I, I want people to understand that because with your doubt, with your fear, with your the trauma you experienced, you know, it may not be removed from your life. It may not, you know. Uh, but even if it's not and you're still dealing with that, you can still be able to do some phenomenal things in this world with it because, uh-huh. number one, God is with you yeah. and has given you power to overcome anything every single day of your life. And then two, you know, from, you know, what counselors and, and therapists usually say is, you know, that, you know, you, it's, it's important that you understand how to manage it because mm. mental illness, you know, you know um, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, people are exposed to you know, in life, here and there. So it, yeah. it's not something you should be afraid of. It's not something you should shy away from or be afraid about. It's something that you can be able to, you know, embrace and be able to seek healing and bettering yourself and understanding you can do, go above and beyond anything you want to do in life, you know, while dealing with these issues as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. That's good, bro. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great encouragement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're rooting for you. I'm excited for uh, this episode to drop. Um, and Thank let, you, let us know if you come. We'll be praying for you. Um, continue Thank being you, that light. Uh, I'm so encouraged by you. I know you're doing a lot of great things and the Lord is using you in a mighty way. And so um, I'm excited to see what he does um, with your faithfulness and just with what you've had in your hands and just what you've just given to him and trusted him to do it and so yeah man thank you so much for being on shaping the culture bro man i appreciate you man thank you for the for the platform and all the great work you're doing as well brother and um i'm rooting for you and 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 your church as well yeah so uh feel free to reach out anytime brother i mean that for sure thank you that means a lot all All right right, brother all right until next time bro all right talk to you later peace Well, there you have it. That was Nate. Um, Such a good guy, such a good dude, such a humble person, um, full of wisdom. And uh, I don't know, I hope you enjoyed um, that conversation. I know I benefited from it greatly. Um, And so let's just keep the conversation going. Let's continue 
um, just creating a space for people to be real and be vulnerable and just uh, a safe space for people to really communicate some of the struggles that they have uh, and just point them towards the right direction. Something that Nate said that really stuck out to me was sometimes what being the light looks like is sitting in a dark room with somebody. That that was so real, um, you know, and a lot of us, in a lot of ways, we're scared to kind of engage dark spaces, but that's the point of being a light, right? To Like the light only works in dark spaces. And so we are called to these dark spaces so that the light could be turned on um, in those spaces by your presence and uh, what God has deposited in you. And so that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, I hope you really enjoyed and took away something from this episode. It is kind of a sensitive topic, and so if you want to just reach out to me or Nate, uh, let me know, and we'd like to help you in any way, shape, or form. Um, Well, until next time, have a blessed week. God bless.